everybody. Welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for faith and life. I'm Tony, and today is episode 135 of the podcast, where I sit down with three amazing pastors, the Potokesis guys, from the Potokesis Podcast. Now, what's Potokesis? Well, it's a group of pastors who are devoted to helping you develop your theology and why it matters. I love this dialogue. And in today's conversation, we jump into the topic of Advent, why it matters, what we study, why it matters, and we share a whole lot of humor. These are three amazing voices from guys that you need to hear. And hey, do me a favor. If you like the conversation, hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a rating review on iTunes and uh, maybe even share this podcast with a friend. It goes a long way in spreading the word about what God is doing on this platform. Thank you so much. And now, without any further ado, here's my conversation with the Podokesis Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited today to have three incredible individuals, pastors and podcasters. Uh, the guys from the Podokesis Podcast, Jim, Allen, and Brett. Welcome, guys. Thanks for being here today. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, Tony, thanks for having us. <laughs> and there's Brett. Hey, it's good to be with you. Hey, guys. It's great to be with you guys. So um, you guys have been podcasting now for uh, a while, and we're part of the same network, the Spirit and Truth Network. Mm -hmm. And so I was wondering if we could start with probably the most controversial question I'm going to ask you today. What exactly is a podkesis? Oh, what is a podkesis? That is it a is great... the nerdiest and most wonderful thing ever. <laughs> All right, <laughs> take me. it away. So the podkesis podcast, a podkesis is uh, we believe that uh, the future of the church, um, particularly in Wesleyan worlds, particularly in the Methodist Church as a whole, um, the the future of it is uh, built upon uh, catechism. There's catechism that needs to happen uh, within that new uh, Methodist movement. And uh, we just came together uh, looking at John Wesley's revision of the Westminster Shorter Catechism um, from the 1500s. Um, and it was just kind of, hey, let's let's do a podcast with this catechism, asking the questions, looking at the answers, and then going in depth about what Christians believe and why it matters, uh, because we believe it matters what Christians That's believe. Right. Yeah, and, and of course, catechesis is uh, a word we might not use very often anymore. Right. Um, and a lot of times, quite frankly, um, people would associate it with certain uh, Christian movements. Right. Um, or, or to be totally old school and not relevant anymore. But catechesis <laughs> is simply a method of passing on faith. It refers to teaching about right. the faith. And typically, and Brett, you could correct me because you're doing doctoral studies here, but typically a catechism might take the form of question and answer or a topic and explanation. And so because we are the funniest dudes and we're all dads and love dad jokes, <laughs> yep. catechesis plus podcast uh -oh. equals podokesis. I see what you did there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I was, I, was, uh, I was really shooting for podokism, but it didn't happen. So uh, we went for <laughs> no, that sounded That sounded almost like, I don't know, a cult or... Yeah. Uh, I, I, think, I think there's or... a reason why we didn't go with it, but anyway. Yes, there was. <laughs> Norm no, this is what normally happens. We write down every idea, cross out Alan's ideas, and pick the rest. That's pretty much... That's, that's, absolute, pretty much a, that's a safe idea. bet. That's a safe bet. That's a safe bet. But the conviction behind it is Christians believe things handed down to right. us. We give, we give, We breathe life into this generation of the democracy of the dead. 
the tradition handed down, and we believe that it matters. Yeah. And we just want to help people love that. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I just think it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, l- let me ask you this, because I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I definitely hear the passion in your voice. Um, but I also think there's a lot of people listening who are um, going to church on the regular and who love Jesus, but who don't really care about what John Wesley had to say about any of this. So, oh, yeah. so let me ask you the follow-up question to this. And Jim, mm-hmm. we'll start with you. Why does it matter? Why does it matter what we uh, teach theologically in the local church? Yeah, it really does. Because, um, for example, I'll use the uh, Bible study I taught just last week in Colossians 1 with that beautiful little Christological hymn, uh, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, This stuff matters because, one, in the scriptures, you see everything that Paul teaches ethically comes out of Christian teaching. But two, just sit there and meditate on that passage. Christ is the image of the invisible God. In him all things hold together. And you just take a look at what is revealed to us, and and you fall deeper in love with Christ. Now, the other thing is that whether we recognize it or not, how we live and what we do is based out of our mental frameworks. It just is. Let me give you an example. I can believe that my marriage is about my wife fulfilling my needs and me being happy. Yes. Or I can believe that my marriage is an image of Christ's love for the church, and it is about our mutual holiness. Those are mental frameworks, and they lead to two very different marriages. Hmm. You see? So yeah. what we believe matters, and so what we believe about God matters. And so, for example, you use the word God, that phrase from First John, God is love. Well, we need to flesh that out with the fullness of who God is, what his love means, and then we have we could have varying understandings of what what that phrase means. It, is it all permissiveness? Is God's love specific enough to have some force and weight in a particular way? So it matters who God is, what we believe as Christians, um, and let's just say old stuff is still important, y'all. All right, that's my spiel. Uh, Alan, anything to add to that? Well, I would just say that. Um... As Wesleyans, you know, it's important to, to look back at, at what Wesley, um, I, I would say the re- this this was part of the resources that Wesley gave to his preachers um, when he sent them out. And so uh, I think it's highly important for us to go back and and um, and look at what Wesley uh, gave to his preachers, um, not for just us as preachers, but for the church as a whole. Um, and as Jim, you know, so eloquently, eloquently said, old stuff matters. <laughs> Y'all, old stuff y'all. matters. Y'all, y'all, that's, right. stuff matters. Yes. that's going to be our new like uh, catchphrase. Yes, the South <laughs> now, Georgia translation. The South Georgia, which if you uh, if if you go back and listen to the podcast, Podakesis podcast, um, I, I was able to be a guest on there. We had a fairly lengthy conversation about the South Georgia translation, which actually leads me to a really interesting uh, question, Brett, for you specifically, is how did you manage to get these guys together? Because Uh, you guys clearly love each other. And by love, I mean like in the masculine way where all you do is make fun of each other the whole time. (laughs) Exactly. That's That's absolutely true. Uh, Well, That's like the fifth love that Lewis never talked about. Like, like, oh, the the masculine ribbing way. Beautiful (laughs) reference. That's awesome. That's awesome. 
Um, so, uh, Alan and I have been friends for, I mean, gosh, 12 years. Um, we, we are part of, uh, Alan and I are part of a clergy uh, band group, uh, that's been together for probably about a decade now. Um, that uh, in South Georgia is called the S3 group, but um, study Sabbath and service is kind of the, what goes with that. And just in, an intentional group of seven of us who uh, pray together or in each other's lives. Many times we're texting each other uh, through an app uh, more times than we text our wives. I mean, we're just all <laughs> in each other's, each other's lives. Um, and so Alan and I have been close uh, for that long. Jim and I were uh, acquaintances and friends through the conference, but uh, that was about it. But Alan and Jim were really, really close. Um, and yeah, so Alan and Jim were really, really close. And so um, when I had this idea to do this podcast, I'd been wanting to do a podcast for a decade, but I could never find the idea until this came along. And um, the Lord just put Alan and Jim in my heart. And so I called them that day. I didn't even delay. I said, Hey, I've got an idea. And, um, they were on board. It was right in the middle of the shutdown pandemic. The churches hadn't started really reopening yet for in-person worship. And, um, it just clicked. It, it was, it was just, Hey, let's do this thing. And, um, we did it. And if for nothing else for, uh, we, we, we agreed at the very beginning, if no one else listens to this, but us, this is going to be good for us. The community we're building, the friendship we're building, that kind of thing. And it just turned out that people liked it. So, oh, I love it. And I think that you guys have such a good report. It makes it fun. But you guys also have a really unique way to, um, to kind of dive into the topics. So, mm-hmm. Alan, you're obviously the glue that holds this entire ship together. <laughs> obviously. I, obviously. I obviously. I am the peanut butter and jelly to this PB and J. I'm the I'm the cream <laughs> in the double stuff Oreo. I, I, I'm the glue that holds it all together. Clearly, and it's clearly. I mean, you listen to, you listen to the podcast, and you can't deny that. I, you just you can't, can't deny, deny that. it. You cannot no. deny it. Uh, oh so, I, so I want to ask you this. Um, I, I want to ask you this. What have you learned about God? Uh, since doing this podcast and I, I'm going to ask, I'd like to get everyone's reflection, but mm. since Alan's the glue, I'm going to start with him. <laughs> what oh, have great. you learned about God since diving into the, I mean, cause I, I, you know, I've been a Wesleyan for a decade and I've never, um, you know, read the, the, you know, Wesley's thoughts, like, like you guys have for intentional preparation for intentional teaching. And, um, and I certainly have never talked about it publicly on on the podcast so I, i'm curious what it's done what has it done to your relationship with god alan um it's it's stretched me um uh in, in terms of my understanding my theological understanding um i tell these guys all the time these the, the brett and jim they're the theological nerds um for sure and it, they they inspire me to be more of a theological nerd um but we, we reference the first question of the catechism all the time because it, it, it really does it – does, it shapes everything else. And, you know, what's the chief end of man? What's our purpose? It's to um, glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Hmm. And it, it reminds me – the catechism, catechism has reminded me that it is all about God. It's, you know, um, it, it, all of it flows out of uh, our 
our purpose to glorify him and to enjoy him forever. Um, you know, we get, we get into the nitty gritty of the catechism and we get into all these different topics. And now we're like, you know, as ever recording, we're in the 10 commandments. Um, and there's, there's, there's nuggets all the time, but it always comes back to the very beginning to, um, glorify God and to worship and to enjoy him forever. Um, it is, uh, yeah. So that's, that's, that's kind of what I have gleaned from our time together. Um, and I, I, I can't imagine us not doing it. Um, but there was a time when we weren't and, uh, but it's been the best thing for me, uh, as a pastor and as just as a, a Christ follower. That's awesome. Uh, Brett, let's go to you next. Probably for me, it's reiterated. Uh, in college, I uh, was a part of, for four years, was part of the Wesley Foundation at Valdosta State University. And at that time, the campus minister that was there was heavily influenced by Campus Crusade for Christ, which is now called Crew. And, you know, the four spiritual laws, sharing your faith. That, so that was honed into me really early on in my discipleship, uh, the importance of sharing your faith. But Fast forward now, you know, 20 years later, uh, that importance of sharing my faith has not gone away. In fact, it's gotten deeper. God, God is, is, is someone who, who we're supposed to share, who we're supposed to teach, who we're supposed to pass along. Uh, Jim and Alan make fun of me all the time because there's about three pieces of Scripture that I will talk about all the time, and they say they basically say I don't read anything else in the Bible. But um, but one of those passages is Deuteronomy chapter six, the Shema, the Hero Israel, the Lord God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, with all your whole your with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. Um. And then there's the you continue that though, and there's the piece in there where it says, and and you're to teach, you're to pass on to your children and their children and their children, and that the whole you know tie them to your doorpost and bind them to your hearts and it's talking about the law, right? But Jesus is Jesus references this um, passage when he gives the great commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. There's a sense in the command of Jesus himself is to carry this out, to teach. And even he says in the Great Commission to uh, uh, not only to baptize new, you know, the new converts, not only to make disciples, but to teach them everything that he's, that he's commanded, teach them to obey everything that he's commanded. So the command to teach and to pass on the faith is, um, is important. And I think the church as a whole, and I can only really speak from a particular brand of church, Wesleyan Methodist, United yeah. Methodist, our, our, our weakness has been this passing on the faith. We've turned church membership into, um, you know, a four-week, uh, here's what our local church is like, here's the history of the local church, here's what you can do, but we haven't done a good job, even in our cat confirmation classes, of passing on the faith once given to the to the to the disciples, um, to the saints, once delivered to the saints. So um, for me, it has reiterated that God is worth sharing. <laughs> you know, God is worth teaching. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. Uh, Jim, what about you, man? Yeah, just two quick thoughts. One is, um, if, if if we're not teaching the fullness of of God in this faith. Um, we're going to lose because there's no shortage of ideology 
out there and we're going to lose the beauty. Um, but for me personally, uh, I'll just say, I think I, with pure confidence, I am more deeply in love with God today than I was before we started this. Amen. Um, and I mean, in a very real way, and it's affected a lot of things in my personal life, reflecting, especially in the early days of the podcast, when our questions were about the nature of God and the nature of human beings, um, the Bible says to set your hearts and minds on things above, and that's because it's worth doing because it changes things. And um, my heart has been filled with precious majesty and grace to the point where um, just a conviction in my own heart about how important um, human bodies are has mm-hmm. changed. So there was a movement of God in my life and in my wife's life that that led us to uh, choose to have another child. Um, just because as we meditated on who God was um, and and what our future would be, it was just a call um, that life is so precious. Now that might sound weird to y'all. I can go into that later. Um, but the other thing uh, in ministry, especially, and Alan alluded to is it's just reminded me of how God first everything is. And I'll admit to say in preaching and teaching, I'd be looking for the practical nuggets and the scriptures to try to tease those out. Um, and I'm just reminded to let's look for God first, proclaim God first and let everything else follow. Do you guys think that um, when when you started the podcast, you guys all were like, hey, let's do this because it'll help uh, form our own relationship with God? Or is that just a mm-hmm. byproduct of, of focusing on God so intentionally? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's a really good question. I think, I mean, to be completely honest, I think for me it was um, to try something different in a, mm-hmm. in a season that you know of this if if anything the 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 lockdown the shutdowns did for me was give me the boldness to try something different that I may not have tried or may have made excuses to do so i don't I don't think I set out to do this as a means to get closer to God, but man the lord had the Lord is amazing in how he works and how he when you're deep into his word and you're deep into the things of him and, you know, seeking the truth and, and, and who he is, he just reveals himself, as Jim said, in beautiful and powerful ways. And you can't help but fall in love with him even deeper and deeper and deeper. So, so um, it's interesting. I, when you guys are doing your podcast thing, you typically bring up a part of the catechism and then you kind of discuss it. You give it a little nugget. You give it some scripture to back it up, which I absolutely love being rooted in scripture. Um, I, you guys seem to have a really good grasp on scripture. And I'm curious. I always love to ask people, what what are some of your daily disciplines to mm. stay rooted in the faith? Right. So w- what are some of the things that you do on an everyday basis to, to stay connected to God so that, so that you're prepared to talk both theologically and, and, and relationally. And, uh, Alan, let's go ahead and start with you. Um, so we're doing something this year. Um, our church is reading through the scriptures. Um, and so we have a five day reading plan. I think I stole that from Jim. Uh, I mean, borrowed from Jim. (laughs) Um, he probably borrowed it from somewhere else. Yup. (laughs) <laughs> yep. Um, and so that, that is, that is certainly guided me this year. Um, there's the, um, 
there's an app that I use. It's called Lexio 365. I don't know uh, if who, who if you guys use that, but it is a uh, it is a um, an app just sort of start the day and now to end the day. They have a have an end of the day kind of um, it's sort of like a meditation, um, but it guides you through a passage of scripture and how to pray through that scripture. And, um, and they usually have sort of an overarching topic or theme they're going through during the week. Um, and so uh, that's been very helpful for me. Uh, Brett, what about you, man? So uh, this year, for the first time in a long time, I decided to do a, 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 not a read-through, but a listen-through of the entire Bible um, on a daily reading plan, basically. Just listen to it being read over me, uh, which has been awesome um, in that sense. Um, I've also just recently have taken up um, centering prayer, um, meditative type prayer, uh, based upon uh, Dr. Brian Russell's recent um, book, uh, Centering Prayer. And uh, that's been incredible, just kind of sitting in quiet for 10 to 20 minutes a day, not not thinking about anything, but Jesus has been really um, impactful as well. Um, but just, you know, for me, it's been the constant immersion in God's Word this year, just but being uh, uh, focused on it, saying, this is every day, I'm going to do this. And um, that's been really, really, really good for me. And and the power of hearing the Word uh, read to you has been a blessing that I didn't think it would be. Like, I just just mm-hmm. tried it out as a lark, you know, on one of those, on the Bible app. And I was like, and it's just, I can't, I couldn't get away from it. It's awesome. That's fantastic. Jim, mm-hmm. what about you? Yeah, I can't admit that I'm super good at this. When you say daily, I cringe a little because um, <clears throat> I am working on it. Uh, uh, I've got a kind of a working rule of life that I fail at all the time. But here's my general thing. I'm a journaler. I learned that from, from a bunch of people. Um, it's really great for me as a verbal processor to kind of pray on paper. Um, I also have been immersed in scripture through, um, reading plans to kind of read through the Bible. But what I've been working on the last couple of weeks is just Alexia Divina, a spiritual reading, uh, through the, through the book of Acts. And what I've been asking the Lord to do is to reveal, reveal the Holy Spirit to me. Um, and so it involves reading, praying, reflecting, and then I'll often use my journal in that too. Um, one of my favorite things is evening prayer or night prayer. It's just mm. so beautiful to me. Um, and there's a lot of different ways you can use the, uh, 24 seven prayer, Alexio 365 app. There's the common worship from the Anglican church and, and others. I like to do it with my kids when they're, <laughs> when they're not too rowdy and they'll actually <laughs> sit down and do it. Um, Jim, um, I've watched you since just, we started this podcast and you have not stood still for more than two minutes. I am. No, I got confident. my standing desk. I'm quite confident that your kids are not standing still either. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just pegged that as a learned behavior. Now I have to go journal about that, Tony. Thanks. <laughs> That's awesome. No, man, I'm That's on the awesome. move. I've also got like six cups of coffee in. So uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, no, I, I what I appreciate is the diversity in in this kind of equation of daily disciplines, and I think it's mm-hmm. just a good reminder that. Uh, striving for that routine connection to to God is is one of the major goals of our faith walk, and mm-hmm. and something you guys illustrate so beautifully. So um, I, we we have quite a bit of time left, and I want to transition a little bit to kind of um, give the, our listeners an example of some of the work that you guys do 
on your podcast, which is you take theological subjects and then you make them very palatable for the everyday Christian. And so you're all pastors, you're all theologians, uh, even though you may not identify as one. Um, And so we're getting ready to head into the Advent season. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are some people here who will often say, I'm... I'm super spiritual and just not religious, right? And I love Christmas and they'll forget all about Advent. Oh yeah. And so I, I was kind of hoping that you guys could kind of um kind of talk us through why theology around Advent matters to Christmas. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh that's such a great question. And um, you know, for me, Advent um it's about the preparation and the whole story of the Old Testament leading up to Jesus really is a whole is like a, almost an Advent story long of prep, preparing for, preparing for, preparing for, preparing for that whole history of Israel leading up to the Messiah coming, preparing for, preparing for, preparing for a people who have walked in darkness will see a great light or have seen a great light preparing for um, and so much in our culture we prepare for for Christmas. We buy the presents, we wrap the presents, we put up the Christmas tree, we put up the lights, we listen to the music, we go to the Christmas parties. We do that. We prepare for everything. It seems to me that we really should have a heart to preparing for celebrating the birth of our Lord Mm. um, even more than how we prepare for the mundane Christmas celebration that we have and that we, we do. So um, for me, Advent matters because Jesus matters, like the, the, the Messiah coming matters, salvation matters. Advent tells us why the, that the Messiah is important, tells us why Jesus is important, why the birth of this baby in Bethlehem is, is important. Oh, that's good. That's that'll that'll preach any day of the week. Uh, oh yeah. Alan, in fact, I just I just wrote preach. I just wrote my yeah. Christmas Eve sermon on it'll, that one. Yeah, so you did. Church in a couple of weeks here. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> we'll we'll get the full transcripts out. You'll be able to just copy and paste right. that right into the right into <laughs> your exactly sermon file. Right. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Alan, uh, uh, that's awesome. what what are your thoughts on the topic? Uh, very very similar. Um, you know, I view Advent and Lent in similar fashions. Um, you know, we we tend to think about Easter in, in the church. It is often one of the bigger Sundays of the year. People attend when they don't normally attend uh, other times. Um, similar to Christmas, um, as we get closer to Christmas, Christmas Eve maybe. Um, but oftentimes, um, if you if you don't have Lent or that preparation or that that um, and and if you don't remember Good Friday, then suddenly you just show up and, and Jesus is alive and uh, and he, I didn't know he was dead. What's going on? I didn't know. Right? You know um, what am I missing? Right, <laughs> Jesus. That's when you. That's when you missed the last time I went to church. You get it? That's when you missed the whole year. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! Oh, Brett's gone. Brett's uh, gone, y'all. <laughs> You're gonna have to super edit this one, Tony. Brett's uh, gone for 15 minutes. Um, but if we don't, so if we don't tell the story, if we don't, um, you know, um, then then suddenly it's just there, you know, and and we haven't prepared our hearts for what 
um, for what is for what is there. Um, you know, it's Advent and Lent are so anti-cultural. I mean, they're not they're not. Um, it is a way for the church to stand out, to remind people of what is, you know, what is really going on, what has happened, what um, um, I, I, I love Lent. And I know we're talking about Advent, but I, I love Lent because it really there's so many different ways to prepare your heart. And the same thing happened can happen with Advent and right. and preparing your heart uh, to to not just not just about decorations, not just about singing carols, but um, um, you think about it this way. I mean, um, it takes nine months for a baby to be born, right? And so there's a lot of there's as as Brett talks about. There's I mean, typically, right, Jim? Um, but there's so there's a lot of preparation that goes into. We ought to spend the time to prepare our hearts and minds and souls to for the for the celebration of Christ's birth. That's right. Um, so uh, much much like what Brett said. So. And you know, if we're and, and interestingly, I'm sorry, just to interrupt. But if we're if you oh, want to get good. a paste, taste of what the podcast is like, this is what it's like <laughs> with me interrupting things. Is um, but. We're not we're not only preparing for the birth of Jesus to celebrate the birth of Jesus, but the beautiful thing in Advent is the preparation for an, an expectation that the Messiah will come back, that he is coming back. Yeah, and, and and I think it's important that first Sunday in Advent is all about that. I mean, the the if you go through the um the uh, the common the lectionary, if you do the lectionary readings, it's about the future hope. It's about the Messiah coming back. And so uh, it's not just about something that happened 2,000 years ago in a manger somewhere. It's about a future reality and a reality we live in right now. So it's one of the beautiful things about Advent that really kind of helps set our mind, my mind at least, um, in the right place. Hmm. Which is the same, same in regards to Easter and all of our sort of holidays is we're remembering something that happened in the past. We're also looking to a new, a new hope, a new future, um, a new and hope. That, that's a new hope. A new, yes, a new <laughs> hope. Thank you very much. By the way, yes. Podakesis is filled with Star Wars references. Yes, all kinds yes. of Star Wars references. Right. So yes. good. <laughs> why does why does it matter? Um, like let's let's say let's say that I am maybe spiritually inclined. Um, Christmas is cool. Uh, what Advent can do for us, especially in that context, is hey, look, life isn't always great. And I've got hopes that are unrealized right now in my life. I've got, um, I'm not happy. I've got longings and I'm hurting. And Advent speaks directly into that because as you trace the the narrative of scripture, if you're willing to read non-direct birth stories in Advent, you're reading about people mm. who are oppressed and hurting mm. and hoping and longing. And we are hoping and longing and hurting, and you can speak directly into that. And and the thing about this dual focus of Advent, the term meaning, the, being the Latin for coming or arriving, is that, yes, hope has come, but guess what? It's not just in the past um, that hope is still coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can speak into those really human, non-saccharine kind of circumstances that we're all in, and especially if you're outside the faith looking in. It gives you an entry point. It can give you an entry point and speak into a place in your heart. Uh, I mean, that is, um, for me, that is the beautiful message of Advent going into Christmas. That promise of the angels uh, to Mary, um, he, we'll call him Emmanuel. Why? Because he is God with us. That I mean, that just that that's the past reflection in the Old Testament, God being with his people 
God being with his people in the pre- in the person of Jesus Christ, and God being with his people now and into the future in the presence of the Holy Spirit among us. I mean, that is the common thread that just moves from Genesis to Revelation, and Advent is, is, uh, is pivotal in that, pivotal, moving into Christmas. Do you guys think that as we've made the church more attractional, we've sold the beauty of some of the things like Advent? Because, I, I mean, honestly, I, I grew up in a, um, a Methodist church that isn't, uh, is more attractional than it is Orthodox uh, before I was uh, pastoring at Restoration, right? That it was a bigger church. It was very ma- mainline, you could say. I mean, I mean, I don't think that's a bad word. And I know a lot of people that would come into that church and that had never heard of Advent before. Um, what what happens when we throw Advent out away during mm-hmm. the Christmas season? So I'll I'll tell you. First off, I, Advent is not say integral or necessary for salvation. So like I get it. Yeah. I get it. Um, and I don't want to over critique because I'm sure that there are things that, that I'm just really missing the ball on, but I wonder if Star in, Wars quotes, what's that? Star Wars quotes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> just thanks kidding, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you should have seen when the Mandalorian was on the air. We were really, Oh, it was it. bad. Oh, yes, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> but in, but in the, in the concept of attracting people that maybe we, maybe we're throwing at the target, but we're hitting the outer ends of it. Like mm. throwing out things. I don't think maybe even people are throwing out things, but trying to focus on things that seem like they work and maybe they work in the immediate and maybe they're all helpful. Um, but maybe along the line, you find out that you lose some of the richness and you lose some of the people and some of the spiritual depth. And so there's a, there's a concept of instant gratification that I think we can really fool ourselves with, with our ecclesiology and practice of church mm-hmm. that, um, hey, this worked right now. I'm going to give away a PS5 at Christmas. We don't need to light Advent candles. And truthfully, you don't need to light them. But are you? can you be richer because of them? Yes, you can. And the PS5 will become the PS6, and those kids will grow up. And when you don't give away another one, 10 years down the road, you don't have spiritually rich people. So I think it's just a matter of kind of let's look at the wisdom of what we're doing. There's a there's a phrase I have come across that I am enamored with. It's called traditioned innovation. Oh wow. Traditioned innovation. Um which which I think encompasses podokesis and and where we three gentlemen are. It's that we need to innovate without a doubt because we don't want to lose our culture by clinging stingily to practices or methods. But we cannot innovate without doing so in the flavor of what has been handed to us and who we are as a people. Mm-hmm. So there's my <laughs> old response. stuff matters. Old stuff matters. Old stuff matters. Well, and, and here's the thing. And the whole y'all. very y'all, y'all here's the very thing too, is the, the, the ancient church, the, 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 the historic church, let me just say the historic church used things like Advent, Lent, um, Easter, Pentecost, these moments as catechism, catechesis, year-round catechesis. This taught the faith. This was used to teach the faith. So in many ways, if we just let it go, then we release our responsibility of passing on the faith once delivered to the saints Mm -hmm. um, in a robust, in a foundational way. So lighting those candles on Sunday, if you just light them with no explanation, no teaching behind it, nothing, you're just lighting a pink candle and three purple candles or whatever the combination you're using, people who may have not been churched or de-churched or disenfranchised or nuns or whatever they are, 
they're just going to be like, there's just, just extra candles up there. We don't know what's going on. They're reading some passage. We don't know. But yeah. that is an opportunity that is there right in front of us to to pass on the faith once delivered. Right. I mean, it's right there. A lot of these things can be degenerate into man-made traditions um, that people respond against. And the reality is what Bray has said, architecture, practice, um, these kinds of things are teaching tools. Because I, I'm sorry, guys, I know all four of us are preachers, but ain't everybody cares about preaching. Yeah, You know, mm. uh, you can preach your heart out and you're going to reach who you're going to reach. But the bored people who look at the story of Jesus in the stained glass window, that art preaches. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at a candle and you have just talked about um, love and waiting, um, you are putting a visual representation of the gospel. So yes. these things, again, you can probably achieve the same goals without them. Um, and so I don't want to say, hey, you have to have, say, the liturgical calendar and whatever. Right. But I believe it's a super effective a tool. Yes. Just like me. So out. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it! Nailed it! You're a tool. You're a tool. You're a tool, Jim. Nailed it! Uh, What was I going to ask? Who even knows? Who knows? Alan, I wanted to ask you because I I feel like out of the three of you guys, the three amigos here, uh, you might be the most practically minded from from what I can tell. I love um, that. Whoops. So uh, <laughs> a church member, let, let's just say that this church member named Todd comes up to you and he says, hey, I've been listening to your podcast and I I've, I feel really convicted that I want to be more theologically minded, right? Uh, aside from listening to the podcast, which we know everyone's going to go and subscribe to immediately. Absolutely. Um, what is the next <laughs> thing that you're going to recommend to that church member to 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 put a little foundation to what and why we believe what we believe. Hmm. It's a good, it's a good question. Um, I, well, if you're talking about, well, we can talk about this a couple of different ways. We can talk about this resource wise. If you want to read more, I'm going to highly recommend seedbed.com for, um, various, various studies on all kinds of things. Um, their one book series on different books of the Bible are great. I highly recommend Epic of Eden, um, Sandra Richter on the Old Testament. Uh, amazing stuff. And of course, they've got all kinds of Wesley, uh, Wesley resources. Um, one that we've, uh, um, oh my gosh, guys, um, uh, resource that we've talked about a lot, um, the absolute basis of the Christian faith, um, yeah. which... Yeah. Which is so funny because it's a, um, it's primarily a video-driven uh, cartoon, uh, uh, one of those, how do you call it, animated, uh, yeah. animating the lessons, uh, drawing on hand. But my adults absolutely ate that stuff up. I mean, oh, yeah. it was amazing. Um, and it, it is basically a catechism. The absolute basis of Christian yeah. faith is a catechism. Um and then here's the other thing, and this is um, less, definitely less resource driven. I would highly recommend someone finding a group of uh, of people to band with, um, mm-hmm. to be um, to to form a band, a small group, um, not geared around any curriculum or anything, just um, the ancient, the, the old questions of uh, how is it with your soul. 
Mm-hmm. And because um, we can gain information and knowledge and all that's all great. But then um, to look somebody in the eye and say, here's what I'm struggling with. Can you pray for me? Mm-hmm. Um, the spirit will use that and it will and you will grow. You will grow uh, in Christ likeness uh, through being together in a band. So right off the top of my head, that's what I would re- that's what I would say. Those are great answers. I love all those. I love all those. Jim, Brett, did he miss anything? You guys feel like you got to say? No, I, I will only say that I know we make fun of uh, Alan sometimes for, you know, what various reasons. Um, but I will say this. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <When it> com- <laughs> I agree. <laughs> when it comes to small group stuff, and he deserves it most of the time, but uh, oh. uh, when it comes to the small group stuff, I mean, he's even challenged me on this to where I've started a few different small group uh, class meetings and band meetings um, because of him. Because one of the things with Alan is that Alan will, like he tends to, if he sees a need and it needs to be done, like in his church at Metter, he's just, um, he's got these small groups going and um, doing a great job with it. And it impacts me on my end of things. And so, uh, yeah, he's walking the walk on that one. Well, I'll tell you what, we survived the pandemic. We survived the pandemic with small groups. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you when you couldn't meet in large groups, small groups was the key. So yeah. Um, so it's pandemic proof. Bam. Take that. Bam. Bam. Wow. <laughs> Trademark that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I got one more question for you guys. Um, right. My last question on the podcast. But before I do that, I know that my people are going to want to learn more about you guys about. Uh, the Potakistas podcast, where can yeah. they go to learn all the things to get the swag, whatever it is they, they need? You can go to podakesis.podbean.com. Podakesis.podbean.com. Um, that's where you can find all our episodes and show notes. Come on, boys. Show notes. There you go. And um, you can find the show notes. You can find the resources we're looking at. Uh, you can find bios of people we interview, all that stuff there. Um, you can also find us on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook, at Podakesis is the handle across the p- social media platforms. And, um, yeah, that's that's where you can find us. And, and, I and also on, all of your podcast ne- on all of your podcast platforms, you can download automatically yeah. by subscribing oh. and leaving yeah. reviews on Apple. And and I just have to say, as fair as the newest members of the Spirit and Truth Podcasting Network, you can find us at spiritandtruth.life. That's where you can find us. And in person in March in Dayton, Ohio at the Spirit and Truth Conference. That's what? right. What? We will Let's be there. Right. They're yes. more than willing to sign your copy of John Wesley's Catechism or right. whatever it is that you might need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're trying yeah. to. At both Alan, of you, at, both of you, I'll sign. I'll sign both of those things so, that one of you brings. We're trying to we're trying to keep Alan from charging for his autograph, but he's he's holding firm to it. He's holding firm to well, it. Priceless. As, when you're the glue, that's what happens. When you're the glue, yeah, that's I mean, right. right. The when glue. The, when you're the cream and the Oreo, that's, yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, right. uh, okay, okay. Last question. Last question. <laughs> That I always love to ask people. Um, By the way, if you're listening to this, um, I'm going to recommend that you also go and check out the YouTube channel that comes along with this because the faces are incredible. Hold on. Did not know that. (laughs) Did not know that. (laughs) Hold on. Is this Uh, a thing, Tony? This is (laughs) a thing. 
Uh, just Praise just go to uh, YouTube, Tony Meltenberger, and uh, and it, the Reclamation yeah. Podcast will show up. And it'll be wonderful. This will be episode one thirty five of the podcast. So uh, just Google episode one thirty five. I'm just good. I'm just glad Jim decided to wear a shirt today. Um, that's good to know. Okay, last question. Last question. I had to try to land this plane somewhere in the middle of the ocean. Um, Oceanic flight eight fifteen, baby. Uh, it's an advice question, and if you listen mm-hmm. to my podcast, I, I ask it at the end of every episode, and it's uh, to ask yourself to go back and give yourself one piece of advice, <laughs> except I get the name, the day, and the time that you do it. And since all three of you guys uh, live in different places and do different things, I, there's one point of common reference and that uh, that I'm going to use today, and, and that is the day after you graduated seminary. Mm-hmm. So the day after you graduated seminary, if you could go back and give that younger version of yourself uh, one piece of advice as you're getting ready to set out on a glorious podcasting career and a glamorous pastoring career and all of those things, uh, what's the one piece of advice you're, you're giving yourself? Um, I'll go first on that one. Um, for me, it would be, it's okay to say no. Hmm. Um, I have, uh, and, and Alan and Jim, um, have been very, very good at, um, challenging me on this, um, cause I tend to, to be a workaholic and just to keep going and going and going. Um, and I would go back to that, that kid and say, Hey, um, it's okay to say no. And, um, yeah, that's good. Alan, what about you? Hmm. I've been thinking. Such a good question. Uh, I guess I'd go back to what I've already said. I would I would say run to your friends. Run. Mm-hmm. Run. Don't wow. walk. Don't walk. Don't um don't uh, come up with any other excuses. Just run. Run to mm. your friends. So. Wow. Amen. I echo that. I would go back to myself and say, Jim, get this through your prayer through your thick skull and do it every day. Jim, none of this belongs to you. Mm-hmm. None of this belongs to you. Yeah. Hold it loosely and love it all. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for what you do for the kingdom. Thanks for being a part of the Spirit and Truth Podcast Network. And, uh, and thanks for uh, quickly becoming some of my favorite people on the planet. Uh, I just really appreciate you guys so much and the journey that we get to be on together. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Tony. This is awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Tony. Man, I told you guys, Brett, Alan, and Jim are some of my favorite humans. I love the way that they interact together. I love the way that they share their faith and help us grow in ours. Man, I I think the way that they approach Advent is so healthy. And as we head into the Christmas season, it's a reminder to, to root ourselves in the preparation for what is to come. Again, thank you guys so much for being a part of the podcast today. Thank you for joining us on this platform. Hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a rating or review on iTunes and maybe even share this episode with a friend. Thank you guys so much. And remember, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move.